Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, well, they might provide the roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors, yes? Well, most of them, like uh, today's uh, guest, are authors. Like uh, others are like uh, Alan Fox, uh, Coach Chuck Greasy, Dr. John Murray, uh, Dr. Bryce Young, uh, energy coach Linda LeClaire, Coach Ashley Hobson, Coach Scott Williams, Ed Kress has been on, Scott Engie, many uh, college coaches, high school coaches. We've even been blessed to have uh, people from the USTA, the USPTA, and, of course, from the PTR. So uh, I think you'll find uh, your information on the uh, Yellow Ball Network, and hopefully we'll keep that going. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is that you can listen any time you choose to the broadcast. If you're not listening now, then you can tune in any time you want and tell your friends about it. And, uh, of course, I will be posting later on the uh, on uh, some of the coaching organizations that we're associated with, so you can go in at any time you want and listen. I would like to also thank the Yellow Ball CEO, uh, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information. Because I do believe Dr. King when he said, our life's to begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, Each Thursday, I will add my personal views on North American tennis. And naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows? Together, we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis. We've got to keep working on it. Besides our weekly conversation, the Omedi Willen, You will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. Uh, In this issue, we're talking about, well, I'm talking about, there's a lot of other uh, people that write regularly for Florida Tennis Magazine, and we all talk about something different. But uh, as you know, my preference is to high school and um, college tennis and uh, this issue in Florida tennis will be talking about uh, the lack of American uh, players uh, playing uh, college uh, tennis. Uh, so, uh, and of course, if you uh, disagree with anything that I say, uh, please email me at Coach Denise. That's D A N I S E dot F H S T C A at 
att.net. Denise.fhstca at att.net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida tennis or hear them on one of our Coach Denise Sharon tennis broadcasts. It would not be the first time that I've had somebody on that's uh, disagreed with my views. Took me a while to understand that everybody doesn't agree with me, but I think that's what makes the world go round. I think it's also what our tennis organizations need, uh, just like uh, the uh, I think our country needs right now, is people to listen to each other uh, rather than listening to procrastinators telling us what. Uh, People meant by what they said. Let's uh, listen to each other. Uh, give the person a chance to, uh, to express their views if you disagree with them. Uh, you know, by all means, you should sit there and um, let them know that you have a different view, but do it in a respectful manner. Uh, do not attack the individual, but, uh, uh, you know, attack the subject matter, and uh, that's what we need to do. I think we need more of that. Uh, remember, if someone has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis.com. And, of course, in between issues, you can find Jim Martz and my articles and the other and some other articles uh, on, face, on the Facebook site, which is FL Tennis. That's FL Tennis. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that happen in between the issues, and uh, we try to uh, get those important uh, information out to you uh, on the uh, Facebook site, and uh, we hope that you um, look at that, and, uh, and, of course, if you have something to share, let us know. We have shared other people information, uh, especially if it's in Florida. We also share information uh, outside of Florida. We've shared information, for instance, on the Volvo uh, Open coming up for the uh, women. That's uh, an important event starting the uh, season off for the uh, lady pros, just like uh, Delray was uh, started off this season in America for the uh, men. And uh, we, uh, the Florida tennis, uh, probably it's too late now because what is, I think Jim Marks is in his uh, 28th year. Now he's approaching 30 years with the magazine and it's no longer about uh, Florida tennis. Matter of fact, uh, last issue we had an article that Florida tennis is uh, is more than uh, Florida. It's uh, it's a universal place now for uh, tennis. I would like to tell you before I get uh, tied up, I will give you my commentary in uh, one minute or two minutes, I promise you. But uh, Bobby and I will... Um, be uh, traveling throughout the state uh, this, uh, well, actually starting tomorrow morning. We're blessed to have uh, one of our grandsons, uh, Ryan, in the state. He's uh, playing college baseball, and 
as you know, uh, many of the teams from, uh, oh, I guess about that Illinois uh, spot out to Maine, he, they have they start their season off down here, and he's going to be uh, playing. Uh, they play 10 games throughout uh, Florida before uh, they head uh, back north again. And uh, we're excited to be uh, – we're going to follow them around and look at the uh, college uh, baseball uh, – uh, I was going to say uh, matches. They're not matches. <laughs> they're, uh, they're games. But uh, so we uh, won't have a broadcast uh, uh, next week. Uh, everything is okay, except that Bobby and I are going to be joining uh, our grandson, Ryan, uh, his teammates, uh, college teammates, and uh, uh, my daughter and uh, son-in-law. So uh, we will be uh, back, though, on uh, March 14th, and uh, Ashley Hobson uh, will be uh, with us, too. Uh, He's the uh, uh, director of uh, Tennis at Inspiration Academy. He's also been a Davis Cup uh, coach. He's coached, I think, in 60 countries around the world. Uh, He's, uh, in, in my biased opinion, he is one of the best past masters uh, going. And he always has important information uh, to share with us, and we're blessed that uh, he, uh, again, will be uh, sharing uh, some information uh, with us. So tell your friends, uh, well, tell them to uh, listen to uh, this uh, broadcast because uh, – we're uh, going to be uh, talking uh, with uh, Ken McAllister uh, in about five minutes. And um, those of you uh, that's listened to my broadcast before or read my uh, articles in Florida Tennis Magazine uh, have heard me talk about uh, uh, the Texan Association and what they've done. I've been blessed to be invited out to uh, to their association uh, before, and uh, I think they're, uh, they're they really uh, have a hands-on uh, situation there, and especially with the USTA, which uh, is important. I think we all have to team with other people, but uh, uh, I will introduce. Uh, Ken in in a couple of uh, minutes, uh, but um, there will be no broadcast next uh, week because of that. Okay, let me get to um, my commentary uh, right now. Um, Those of you um, who listened to last Thursday's Coach and Eshern Tennis Blessing broadcast heard Coach Chuck Reese state, that college tennis was no longer the competitive vehicle to take our athletes to the professional tennis level. Sadly, I was not surprised by the comment since I'd been asking for years if high school tennis was an after-school sport or an after-school activity and suspected It was only a matter of time before the lack of qualified tennis players being produced in our high schools would affect college tennis 
and it's quite evident uh, that it does. Uh, matter of fact, in the the last issue, uh, the last of the three-part article on college tennis, we talk about uh, the women. Uh, uh, tennis has a different problem. They're, they're, most of them, because they're maturing younger, and they're looking to go to the pros right away and not even attend uh, college. And uh, I talk about that in one of the matches I observed, and that'll be in the uh, next issue of uh, Florida Tennis Magazine. But getting back to my statement and my commentary, I suspect the 40-plus-year college coach was sad to make that statement as as I was inheriting it. Following Chuck Greasy for 30 years, I believe his remarks were not an admission of defeat, but rather a challenge to correct what could be a growing industry problem. Yes, Chuck Greasy went beyond who will watch the watchmen, and stated which organizations he thought needed evaluation. If you are one of those that don't think tennis has a problem, you only have to examine your local newspaper to realize that tennis is often considered not worthy of being mentioned as sports news. Yes, if you listen to the Yellow Ball uh, Network, uh, you hear the passion of tennis, or if you read Florida Tennis Magazine or the other tennis magazines, you know about last week's Delray Open, for instance, or you know about the coming Volvo Car Open for the ladies. But I suspect if you're looking forward to seeing tennis news in your local newspaper, your results will be similar to mine. With the start of the Florida high school tennis season, I looked in our Treasure Coast newspaper last week for scores, but found none. Sunday, I decided to see if the paper saw what I saw at Saturday's Delray Beach Open, and I examined the U.S. Today sports section of the paper. As you probably know, most of your newspapers are not local uh, anymore. Uh, and USTA has control of many of them, and, of course, that's where the sports section comes from. I only examined in the paper only to find no coverage of the event at all. That's right. There was not one thing in there. Admittedly, it was a big weekend for sports, and almost every sport had a story or two except tennis, which had none. But the sports page was Monday, I'm sorry, Monday the sports page was smaller, and again, no article on tennis. Tuesday's sports section of the paper was even smaller, although there was a section on bowling in there, but still not one word on tennis. Some of us believe that the shift of the USTA to support high school tennis recreational needs rather than competitive needs assisted in the decline of high school tennis and it being an after-school activity rather than an after-school sport. Today, many agree with Coach Greasy's opinion that the road to for American tennis players becoming a professional player 
is no longer through our colleges and universities. The evidence seems to be building support, in my opinion, that tennis is like any other sport, and I guess like life, and competition is needed to support our sport. It is time to wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis. Otherwise, how long will it be before American tennis is no longer relevant? Well, that's my commentary, and like I said, I'm interested in yours. And if you disagree with me, please let me know. Um, and if, um, you, you know, your response is worthwhile, uh, I might share it on the broadcast or in Florida uh, Tennis Magazine. It wouldn't be the first time that I have done that. It's your advantage. I see that we do have today's mentor on, so uh, let's uh, bring him on. I think you can. Are you there? Uh, yes, sir, I am. Ken, how are you today? I'm great. Well, those of you that don't, that if you're not a Texan or an active USTA member, you might not know Ken McAllister. Uh, Ken, uh, I've been blessed to uh, meet him a few times. I've been blessed to uh, be in, out in Texas and see what he and others have done out there. Uh, Ken is a, uh, a 10-year high school tennis coach. Uh, I think he, uh, he was also a, a teacher, too. Uh, he has a 17-year uh, tennis uh, teaching uh, pro, a USTA master uh, pro, a PTR uh, charter member. That means he's been in the PTR longer than me. Uh, 24 years as uh, USTA Texas Executive Director, and you've often uh, heard me uh, explain when I was the Executive Director of uh, the Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association. When uh, we grew up, I wanted uh, our organization to be like uh, Texas, but uh, unfortunately, uh, that hasn't uh, Happen. We all like to talk about uh, our uh, successes, uh, but along the way there's uh, failures, and I have to admit that uh, that was one of mine, but I'm still, uh, hopefully the Almighty has enough years uh, left where I might be able to do something about it. Time will tell. Uh, Ken also has uh, a new book out from Cattle to the Court. Ken, would you uh, please tell us a little bit about how you came about to doing the book? Yes, I'd be I'd be pleased to do that, John. Thanks a lot for letting me be on the program. Um, uh, this has been since I retired four years ago. I've been working on this book, and the reason um, there's a lot of reasons, but the, probably the main one is uh, two people who have done so much for Texas tennis, uh, Charlie and Emma Dale McCleary from Waco, Texas, actually put together the actually first and only physical museum dedicated to uh, Texas tennis uh, history. And and uh, it was a museum, legitimate museum. They went to Newport and other top museums in the country to get their idea how to put this together. 
And so this is now a part of the Texas Sports Museum in Waco, which is pretty nice for the folks that hadn't had a chance to see that. And uh, wow. puts, puts it in a pretty prestigious position. However, not everybody gets to Waco, Texas, uh, even from Texas. And so my thought was I really wanted to expand on what the McCleary's had done in keeping track of our history of the sport here in Texas. So I wanted to put it in a book form so with a lot of pictures so that uh, people could get it all over the place. Uh, who, who might be interested in that sort of thing. Now, we know the current world isn't always interested in history, but uh, put it deliberately in a narrative form in hopes that it preserved those things, did a lot of research, and found out that I wasn't always right about what I thought had happened here in our state. But uh, it touches all the other states as well as the country and the world, really with things that happen here in Texas, just just like it uh, has happened in Florida. Well, that's a good observation. I'm glad you did that because uh, I, I naturally have a bias in, uh, in my 20 years of coaching um, high school tennis. I gave out um, books at the end of the year <laughs> rather than uh, trophies. Uh, I admit everybody was uh, happy uh, about that, but I always wrote in the books, you know, who I thought the MVP was or who uh, most improved or who contributed. But I don't think we do enough uh, reading, and uh, so I do have a bias. I think history is important, and it's uh, it's nice to, um, you know, we learn something all the time by listening uh and I, I learned something just now about you. I think most of our conversations have always been about tennis, and I didn't realize that you were a history buff, too. Right. It, it, it is good. It's good. interesting you just said that because I did my first book signing at the uh, Texas Tennis Annual Meeting uh, last weekend, and uh, at least two coaches, and I think some others as well, bought extra books for their kids either as awards or or just generally to hand out to all their kids because they, they uh, including the universe, Baylor University men's coach, have believed strongly that uh, an understanding of uh, what came before you makes you appreciate what you're doing on the court at the time, regardless of how young you are. Yeah, I don't think there's no question about that. That's uh, there's more to as well as you know. We we talk to the choir, but there, there's more to coaching any sport, uh, tennis, uh, uh, learning how to hit a forehand and backhand and serve. Or my first uh, life in coaching was with basketball, and uh, you know more to shooting and fast breaks uh, uh, to the game, and we all stand on somebody else's shoulder, and we. Uh, I think once we know, you know, the the game, once we know, and it's easier, I think, to learn the game when you're learning about what people did before. So uh, I'm sure the people in Texas are going to be more appreciative of what you've done later on, but it's great to hear people uh, saying that they're looking to give it to their uh, kids because the rewards of coaching sometimes come, you know, 
years and years after you're through when you're getting somebody uh, telling you how a book helped that you gave them, helped them, or how the, this helped them, or, uh, you know, there's, uh, I, I just had lunch at the holidays uh, with a player that's in finance and now that I coached 20 years ago and had a hard time understanding he's the number one person in the class and uh, why he couldn't be the number one tennis player. And I uh, <laughs> talked about how he moved up in his position uh, in a, a, fi- a financial firm uh, on the tennis court playing with people. So I never... You know, he went to an Ivy League school, never became a college uh, tennis player, but he's still playing tennis. So uh, the rewards come later on sometime. Yeah, and, and you're, what you hit on just then is, is sometimes tennis leads us to other things because mm-hmm. the, the, it's such a great sport. I, I was listening to what you were saying before I got on, and uh, a lot of that is with the tennis situation is a little discouraging it's not growing as well as we think it should however the soul of this game is still there it's there and as strong as it's ever been for people and it's hard to even get in a conversation with somebody even if you don't know them that they don't have some kind of connection with tennis be it someone in the family plays or they used to play or they watch it all the time it's, it's still Still got a, a good strong reach, in my opinion. Um, maybe I'm just the eternal optimist here, but um, it 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 just amazes most of us who love this sport and know its value for developing an individual uh, that everybody in the world is not crazy about it like we are. <laughs> no, it's hard to see that, but and I and I think the. Um... You know, I think sometimes we forget that we're facing the same problems that other sports are. I, I'm not, my own bias, I'm not thrilled about trying to shorten a game. I think there's a lot to learn about competition. I don't think it's a dirty word. I think it's important uh, for us to grow. It's part of our learning experience. But uh, when you look at it, baseball is going through it and uh, football is going through it. So it's it's not like uh, we're alone. And uh, but sometimes I think we, uh, you know, we're shouting at each other too often rather than listening. Uh, and and I, admittedly, I've said it before, and I'm I'm I don't think one of the strengths of our and and it's hard, but the strength of our organization in in this country, the USTA, is not listening. Um, When you go to the meeting and uh, they tell you what we're doing and how we're going to do it, it's all well and good. But when they give you five minutes for your questions and answers, (laughs) that drives me crazy. (laughs) That's my own bias. Yeah, I get that. I get that, having been on both ends of that. Yeah. I think back to my uh, father sometime, you know, being of Italian descent, uh, my mother, who I should have listened to more often, uh, uh, it's funny because when I was young uh, and in the East Coast, I think you, we were, you know, once you reach, uh, in, in my age, you you go back when you're looking at the country growing and everything, and uh 
the West was fascinating to us. And when my mother would drop me off at the library, she would sit there and tell me, you know, work on my grammar, check my, my spelling was terrible, and make sure I was in there. And truthfully, I'd go to the library and I'd go to the Western section and I would read all the cowboy books and everything. So I should have listened to her. But um, my mother, as much as she loved uh, grammar and everything, uh, but she she was of Italian descent, and when she had something to say, she would sit there and let her voice know and interrupt. And I remember saying to my father when I was a young person, uh, you know, Dad. You know, you know, Mom's wrong. Dad. Why don't you just tell her? And uh, he gave me good advice. That, admittedly, I probably didn't realize he was saying until I was in the Marine Corps. But he said, you know, John, you've got to learn to listen with people. If you listen to them, you're going to find out that they have something worthwhile to say. And uh, I. I I think that, you know, it was one of my weaknesses, but unfortunately, uh, I'm afraid I'm part of the norm of society. So <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken, tell us a little bit more about, I mean, you're in a couple of Hall of Fames. Uh, you know, so we, I, I, and you're all like, like many of our great mentors. You're a little, uh, you know, shy about, you know, who you are. Tell us a little bit about part of your journey uh, through tennis and uh, what you've done. We all love talking about ourselves, so sure, <laughs> uh, be happy. Do that, and that really has a lot to do with why. Also, the other reason why I decided to write this is. I, I didn't plan to be in the tennis business after I went to college. I was really kind of looking to either be a basketball coach or a golf coach, and the tennis job opened up. And as my wife often says, that was God speaking to me and saying, no, this is what you really ought to do in your life. And then it's been quite a trip from the high school coaching to the being a teaching pro to then working for the USTA. Um, on the sectional level in Texas. So with that kind of cross experience of being in several facets of tennis, I thought, well, kind of lands on me as being one of the more, uh, there's other people with my same background, but uh, I've been fortunate to get to some places where I can view it from a, from a, I guess you'd say higher position. So I should be sharing that as much as I can. And uh, I did my best to try to be both a player and a teacher and 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 then uh, do the administrative stuff that I did in the last, last few years. When I put the book together, having been an academic myself, I, I didn't want to make this into a history, quote-unquote, book. So it doesn't have lists of rankings or lists of coaches or anything like that. It's a narrative form, and you can read any chapter, and it stands on its own. It doesn't. You don't have to have read this thing in order, so um, it touches on 
bits and pieces of of things from the history, and then toward the end of the book, I had been asked to kind of put some of my experiences on there, and some of them uh, probably, if you really know me, it's they're funny. <laughs> it's almost the kind that'll put a smile on your face with and uh, of uh, different things that have happened to me and uh, and situations. Among them is that I was a, a bass linesman for the Billie Jean King Bobby Riggs match. And, oh, wow. Uh, a man named Tim Heckler was the referee of that match. Few people know mm-hmm. that Tim Heckler, who used to be CEO of... Uh, of the USPTA was also referee of that match and he selected the linesman and uh, uh, had a relationship with Tim at the time and he picked me. Well, who would know what piece of history you're stepping into just by getting a signed tennis match that was a little bit different than all the others. The back cover of the book is (laughs) Is actually a picture of 30-year-old me, and I'm 76 now, but 30-year-old me sitting on a baseline with Bobby Riggs in front of me, uh, serving the ball to Billie Jean on the other side of the court with several thousands of people in the background at the Astrodome. Who, who knows that you're going to get into those kinds of experiences? It wasn't because I was, had any talent or anything. I just happened to be a right place at the right time, I guess you'd say. So I try part to of history. Of that. Well, by chance, certainly. And uh, so it was, uh, so I shared, shared a lot of that because I grew up in a small town, West Texas, called Fort Stockton, Texas. Isn't that appropriate for a Texan? Fort Stockton. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, in a small town of about 8,000 people when I lived there and graduated high school, and then end up in some some of these positions and all, and have made friends that are you know, just the greatest people are tennis people, in my never to be humble opinion. <laughs> well, I I have to agree with you, and well, I uh, I have to uh, uh, read the book. I. You're probably the first person I've had on the broadcast that I didn't read. Uh, the book before usually they send me a book and everybody I, it isn't always bad to be uh, biased but knowing you and knowing about you uh, I, I just knew the book was going to be uh, good but I'm uh, really looking forward to reading it because uh, uh, wow you're part of history I mean I knew you were part of history going through uh, what your accomplishments were personally I didn't realize that you were part of that match and I, I remember watching and people knew then I mean I remember watching that on TV and and saying boy this is going to be you just knew that event was going to be a history making event when it was over yeah, I mean I didn't think of it before but watching it you said wow yeah, it, you're, I, you're I have to right. admit, though, I didn't recognize you. Too. <laughs> you you have to admit what? I I did not recognize you sitting there. I was too oh, engrossed uh, in the match. Uh, nobody knew me then. 
<laughs> so it was I was I was a high school coach. I was a high school coach at the time. Uh, but I happened to also be president of the Houston Tennis Umpires, and we were already working the Virginia Slims and the World Championship Tennis tournaments that were in Houston at the time, because pretty much Houston was um, kind of the center of national and a little bit of world activity. And that famous picture of all the ladies starting the world uh, women's Tennis Association with holding $1 bills uh-huh. given by Gladys Hellman. That was in Houston. Uh, very close, in fact, before that match between Billie Jean and and Bobby. And uh, so it was another It was another case of being in the right place at the right time because it wasn't planned by me. It just, it just happened, happened, and it was... Uh, Something else, and and we all were just loving it. I mean, we just got into it and and got to be part of it. And uh, there were a few of us high school coaches at the time who then became pros. And I'm sure other people listening would relate to that. That when the boom uh-huh. in the seventies and all, that that business of having the opportunity to make a little more money in the tennis pro business was tempting and I was among those that gave into that temptation and 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 got some very nice tennis pro jobs. So I take it then before you were a charter member of the PTR, which used to be the US PTR and back then, uh you knew Dennis Vandemer before there was a PTR. As a matter of fact, uh this is in the book, the story of how I got to know Dennis Vandermeer. And I got, oh, wow. to know him. I, I got to know him, and I'll go ahead and give you this piece of the book uh, ahead of time, because okay. um, my consultant at a place called Walden on Lake Conroe was Tim Heckler, who was about to be president of the USPTA. And he asked Dennis Vandermeer to come and be the touring pro at Walden. Therefore, he, Dennis Vandermeer became my boss because Tim Heckler of the USPTA asked him, you know, hired him, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I began to work for Dennis Vandermeer. Well, at the same time, Vandermeer was a USPTA pro, but the USPTA began to form some tennis training clinics of tennis pros that competed with Dennis Vandermeer's, what Dennis called the Tennis University back in those days. Right. And that happened while I was working for both men. Uh, I didn't realize that. I knew that Dennis had uh, Coach Billie Jean King. I didn't realize that... uh, uh, that they're part of the story. Well, it sounds like uh, not just for people outside, but it sounds like a great book for uh, uh, people in the tennis uh, industry that are especially pros. I, I actually uh, uh, was in charge of uh, an area in Florida for the officials when I was on the uh, USTA Board of Directors Florida section. Uh, so many of us 
did those kind of uh, things, and uh, uh, I think that the boy it sounds. I, I'm. I should have, uh, but the book just came out too late for me to get it. Right. No, it just went to print and, and actually has not been officially released. Um, April 1st uh-huh. is the official, and you can get it on Amazon. Um, I think it's listed as Cattle to Courts on Amazon, but you, it's a pre, uh, pre-order at this stage. It, it won't be available on Amazon until April 1st. But uh, uh, there's the printing ahead of time that I've got my hands on, and and uh, I'll sign one for you, John. I appreciate that. Uh, I really would <laughs> appreciate that. You're a special uh, person, and uh, I remind uh, our listeners all the time. I think there's, you know, we have a lot of great young coaches. I remind young coaches if you. Meet one of us older people that don't walk like you do and uh, everything. You know, if you have a chance to stay and talk to them and do it and rob their mind uh, because, uh, uh, you know, especially somebody like me coming from coaching basketball to uh, coming into tennis, uh, uh, you know, I do very little about tennis. My son played uh, college tennis in the – uh, they wanted to be a pro, and that's why we came down to Florida. I always tell people I was the other John Denise in the John Denise School of Tennis. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I worked for my son, basically. Uh, okay. So what else can you share before? I promise you I will... Uh, uh, my wife is shaking her head uh, now. Bobby's don't be, she's going in to look at Amazon to uh, uh, order that uh, the, the book. She she knows what I want, but she does all this stuff on Amazon. I just uh, is it available <laughs> on Kindle? By the way, she's got me hooked on uh, that. There probably not, huh? <laughs> That's good. Uh, well, Tell uh, us, share something else uh, from the book, if you would. Well, there's there's a chapter I have on here, and this is odd that I'm going to uh, pick this one. And it is it is called The Tennis Nut Texas Style. And it's the story of one man from Corpus Christi um, who was – such a tennis nut, he handed people his card and it said friend of tennis on both sides. Well, one one side had his name on it, friend of tennis, and the other uh, was um, just friend of tennis. And he, he was fairly well known in the Texas area, but uh, he he had such a desire um, that uh, to be part of tennis that he actually stood in line at Wimbledon, and when somebody dropped out, he actually played in the main draw Wimbledon back in the 1950s. Wow! Lost first lost first round, and uh, have it in here who he played. I can't remember right now who it was. His name was Roy Wilder. He's one of these people that that 
when I bring up his name in Texas, I say, oh, yeah, we heard of that guy. But they don't quite have a finger on who he was. But I think every state has a Roy Wilder. Someone who's probably so impassioned by by tennis and probably a Roy Wilder in basketball or other things like that too. But this man mm-hmm. actually uh, had built up some wealth himself. So he could travel to all the majors and anywhere and uh, at the same time and then was able to be standing in line and actually got into the main straw Wimbledon in men's doubles <laughs> and uh, and played with somebody we would have heard of and everything. It's very well there. And, and I use that as one example in the book because I, I was trying to to kind of relay not just things that happened, but the uh, uniqueness in the stories about our sport. And uh, uh, those four husbands and wives of tennis nuts <laughs> kind of get it when when their husband or wife comes home from a tennis event and they can remember every little thing about every shot they hit during the tournament and who they played and who <laughs> when was the last time they played that person, but they can't remember to take out the trash later that night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I'm relaying that. Also, mentioning it so your wife can hear this. So, so she reminds you to take out the trash. <laughs> you know, I so, have to wonder. I think it is travels. Uh, you have my curiosity uh, now because I'm wondering his travels. I'm sure he probably came to Florida because in the, the, the city of Sebastian, where I live. Uh, we're a small, what used to be a fishing village uh, in, uh, on the east coast of Florida, about, a, about an hour south of uh, Orlando. And uh, But anyway, we have a club, a city, the city club in that group, there's a group called Friends of Tennis. And it's been there for 30 plus years. So they have... I don't know if he played here or what, but I wonder how many friends of tennis there are clubs around there. But and Sebastian has been here for thirty plus years. That is funny. He he played all over, and and I forgot to mention one thing: Texas, in their personalized license plate, used to only have six digits that you could use, and of course mm-hmm. the word tennis has six letters, and Roy Wilder had the one and only Texas license plate that said tennis on it wow. for for most of his life until he passed away. <laughs> so, uh, just that gives you the sense. Anyway, I yeah. appreciate that you allowed me to be able to talk about about this and, uh, and all, John, so thank you very much for the giving me this time. Well, thank you for taking the time. I think that's uh, 
what makes you and our other mentors so valuable is that you you find the time. I, uh, it's a busy world out there, but uh, I always tell people you can find the time, and uh, if you sit there and you happen to uh, meet one of the people that's been uh, doing it for a long time, talk to them. You might just something you're good of no doubt come out of it. And uh, there's only one thing I'm disappointed, though, and Ken, I have to tell you, uh, I do see you in the USTA. I've seen you've been here to Florida a few times. Uh, you know, we're a born little village. Uh, uh, I know, but uh, we're only about uh, uh, an hour south of Lake Nanona, and we'd love to have you as a guest, Bobby and I, you and your wife, when you're down here. So. Next time okay. you're in Florida, put it on your agenda to, uh, you know, we're, we're a tennis home. Uh, people have in and out all the time. Many PTR members, USTA members, uh, uh, they're going through. Uh, we'd like to uh, see you. So I thank you for uh, being on the uh, broadcast. And, uh, you know, Godspeed with you. you and uh, the book, I'm sure, is going to be a fantastic book. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Okay. Like I was saying, uh, bye now, Ken. Like I was saying before, uh, we are not going to have a broadcast uh, next uh, week. I'm going to be joining... um, my grandson, Ryan, his college team will be playing uh, baseball throughout the state. And Bobby and I are going to uh, go and um, take in all the uh, games and, uh, and enjoy him and uh, the whole team and the family. And uh, uh, any to me, any competition is worthwhile. I think that's what separates uh, the athlete, and one of the advantages is that they're learning to compete. Uh, they, you're not going to win no matter how good you are uh, if you're playing basketball or tennis or uh, uh, baseball uh, like uh, well, two of my grandsons. The other one's going to uh, Manhattan College uh, next year. also has a scholarship. But whatever sport you're playing, you have to learn to work. You, after a while, you do things because, you know, mom and dad tells you to do things. And then you do things because your teacher tells you to do things. And then you do things because your coach is telling you to do things. But then you come to a point, you realize what the coach is telling me and what mom is telling me, you, 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 you're, they're important things and I should do it. First, you're going to do it. Because you have to do it. Then you do it because you don't want to disappoint them. But at some point, you learn that, you know, winning and losing is important, but competition is more important. Learning to compete is something that's going to help you through life because nobody's going to win all the uh, events that they're in, and that's going to prepare you. And I think... I look at today's the kids coming out of college, and I'm not um, I'm not blaming, I'm not dumping on today's kids because it's our fault. Um, you know, I the things that I did growing up, 
uh, I wouldn't let my children do because it was too hard. When I was uh, 10 years old, I used to bicycle five miles and go caddy uh, to make money. My father had a heart attack, and he was the GI Bill was uh, sending him through school again. And, um, you know, that's what we had to do to succeed. But when my kids were growing up, you know, I wanted to know where they were. And I have to uh, say uh, I love my kids uh, dearly. But uh, among them, we have some helicopter parents there. And uh, whose fault is it? Is it their fault or is it my fault? Because we made it easier for them. Making it easy for people, I don't think, is the formula for success. And what I worry about, what our organization, the USTA, and also I think it's you see it in government today, is we we look at making it easy as the solution to making things better. Making things easy doesn't necessarily um, make it better. So uh, that's my bias. That's my view on it. Uh, I thank you for listening. Uh, I won't uh, tell your friends uh, to listen to the broadcast. I will post it. Also remind them that we will not have a broadcast uh, next week. But the following weekend, uh, talk about blessings. Uh, We have uh, Ashley Hobson on who's coached. I think it's 60 countries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, People and I agree he's probably the best technician uh, uh, in the game today. Uh, And Inspiration Academy, if you haven't been there, uh, wow. I mean, all I could say, uh, I've been blessed uh, to have him at uh, the uh, USTA campus. Uh, for high school, uh, Florida section training, and uh, the two young men that he brought up with him, uh, their future still ahead of them if they're going to be uh, tennis pros or not. Who knows? Uh, but I know that their outlook, I mean, it's just such a rewarding experience when you go into the Inspiration Academy. Just You know you're in a special um, place. And when you, uh, when you hear uh, Ashley Hobson talk or you watch him, uh, he's just a special individual. So he will be, uh, when we return, uh, he will be the first mentor that we will have uh, on the broadcast. That will be, what, the 14th of uh, March, right? There won't be any uh, next week on the 7th. Uh, shamefully, Bobby and I will just be enjoying our children and grandchildren. But uh, we look forward to seeing you after. Uh, have a blessed week. Tell your friends to listen and uh I look forward to uh, talking with you in uh, two weeks now. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.